Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I've got another amazing horn player with me this week. It is Mark Pender, who you've heard on many They Might Be Giant songs, uh, Springsteen songs, uh, with Conan all over the place. Mark Pender is here to talk about Ant. There's an ant crawling up your back. In the nighttime, there's an ant crawling up your back in the nighttime. But you think that's okay while you're sleeping. That ant crawled in your head in the nighttime. That ant crawled in your head in the nighttime but you think that's okay while you're sleeping someday that if he will grow up to be president someday that if he will grow up to be president What's up, Mark? Hey, what's up? Ants. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Got it? Any uh, ants crawling up your back in the nighttime? You know, uh, no, but I, I was, <laughs> I, you know, my, uh, my pool stuff. I'm in my garage, and and the pool stuff is right over here. And there's a the neighbor has a fig tree that's hanging over, and the figs fell all over the place. So I was trying to clean it up earlier today, and uh, no ants, but about you know, seventy bees maybe. Ooh. Yeah, Man, yeah. I like that that sweet that sweet stuff. That sweet 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 stuff. <laughs> nectar, the nectar of the gods. Those figs. Man, such such fun homeowner stuff, you know. It's that suburban dad stuff that I'm dealing with. We we got to talk about the Midwest, but you know, I'm dealing with I got a black walnut tree out in my backyard that Where are you? Every Lafayette, Indiana. I'm from Chicago suburbs though. Oh, okay. I'm from Kansas City, you know. Missouri, yeah, Missouri, know. yep. I know. I didn't know that till I started looking up. I just I'd I'd heard you a lot, but I hadn't read a whole lot. So, uh, Missouri, I'll be deep in the cold, cold ground before I recognize Missouri. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it always comes down to the Simpsons for me. Uh, <laughs> Abe Simpson is something against Missouri for some reason. So, <laughs> um, we will get to they might be giants talk, but I know people know you from other capacities. Um, so, uh, yeah, before we even talk about They Might Be Giants and how you came to work with them, it just seems like it, it's this whole chain reaction as I was reading about you getting to know other people and all you, you know, you, you session guys that, you know, you become in high demand and you work with so many different people, which leads to working with other people and to other people and then eventually They Might Be Giants. So, uh, I, I mean, I want to hear back, you know, that those Midwest, you know, us Midwesterners, 
we gotta stick together because those coasters, you know. I know. Like, I know. God, you they know? think that think they're so great. You know, they're looking at us. <laughs> they they call us flyover country. You know, and I, mm, I mm, never mm, I never mm, got over that when I lived in New York and now in Los Angeles. When I hear somebody say, uh, "Oh yeah, you know they 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 live in the flyover states," and it, there's a part of me that's just all right. Hold it back. <laughs> you know, say, "Hey, look, there's people there." All right. Lots of people. Lots of good people. Right. My mom's one of them. So, you know, watch yeah. this. Uh, ought <laughs> yeah, I'll actually be seeing um, on the rescheduled flood, I guess the 32nd anniversary tour next May. Uh, it's St. Louis where I'm going to be catching oh, fun. Uh, fun. TMBG. So I'm pretty excited. It's a, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I've, played my own gigs in st louis but i've never gone there it's never been a venue destination for me because i'm usually going to either indianapolis which is an hour south or chicago two and a half hours you know north um but uh the chicago ones you know they went like that three years ago when they were selling or whatever that was (laughs) it's nuts so uh, i've been waiting a long long time um yeah and so from missouri and you were there. I mean, you started your career there, right? You, uh, yeah, you hooked yeah. up with some bands I, I in. Started, you know, yeah. I started playing uh, there and, you know, started like, you know, making a living playing the trumpet there, you know. Uh, I mean, Missouri has a rich history of jazz and blues. Oh, sure. I mean, Kansas City, yeah. you know, particularly had that kind of, you know, you had your Charlie Parker, your Count Basie, your, uh, uh, you know, great rhythm and blues and blues and, and jazz town. And uh, somehow I was lucky enough to tap into that. And met, you know, I, since I'm so old, uh, I got to meet some of the guys when they were old, uh, who actually did, <laughs> who who actually did a lot of that stuff. So it was, it, I thought it was a great education. And uh, you know, uh, eventually, though, I wasn't clever enough to try to continue to make a decent living there. So I fled. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, escaped. I mean, I imagine there's good opportunities, but not as many as you would. Well, you know, I would have, have needed um, to concentrate more on, you know, maybe doing my own music and or, you know, one of the bands that I was with, uh, knowing how to, uh, you know, push it out on a on a national level. And, and nobody in the band I was in was really uh, that smart. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Dis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and myself included, you know, I mean, I'm, on the, I'm at the top of the list here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so I, I ended up joining a band that that went that was going to New York. And I always felt like I was going to go to either Los Angeles or New York. And, and then this soul jazz organ guy, uh, Charles Erlin, asked me to asked me to join his band. He had just signed with Columbia Records and mm-hmm. uh, was going to New York. And so me and my partner is a sax player. His name is Steve, Steve Harvey. Uh, I. Uh, I went with him. We we joined yeah. the band together. He's pr- probably the one that pushed me the hardest. Because look, man, we got to go. You know, it's New York. Yeah, baby, that's we're the gonna, dream. We're gonna own this place, man. You know, <laughs> it was like a whole thing. You know, he was like all up on me, and I was like, uh, maybe I don't know, man. I think they're pretty badass dudes over there. We're we'll be lucky to you know whatever. Oh, it's gotta be so intimidating. I mean. Yeah, there's, there's opportunities, but the competition is just insane. Well, and, and also it comes down to that thing, you know, the, like relationships, you know, like, you know, I hadn't yet got to meet the Flans and Linnell and great people like that, you know, 
mm-hmm. Dan Levine and Stan Harrison. I mean, I hadn't I hadn't met any of those guys yet. So, uh, you know, it, it was pretty, you know, you get to New York. I'm like, I don't know, man. And my buddy actually, after we got there, he just went back home. So he's the really? he's the one that talked me into it, and he's the one that ended up uh, fleeing to go home. And it didn't end up well there for him, from what I'm reading here. Yeah, no, it did not end up well for my buddy Steve. He, uh, you know, uh, it was a big civil rights uh, became a civil rights case. His murder uh, uh, on uh, Federal uh, uh, Park, the World War One Memorial in Kansas City. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know, a lot of great people that got that after an all-white jury acquitted his killer. A lot of great people, activists, who uh, wouldn't take no for an answer. And, uh, mm. you know, I was, I'm, you know, I'm forever grateful that they finally, you know, it's not really justice. There's no way you can really have justice in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. But it was it, at least, you know, the ringleader had to pay for his crimes. Mm. That's good. That's good. Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's it, you meet a lot of fascinating people in the music world, and you—I mean, you've been around longer than I have, and the stories have got to just be crazy—the highs and the lows. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that—that God, I'm so grateful. And talking about a, a, a high, you have toured with Diana Ross, and the Supremes are like top tier. For me, that's just insane. So those with the Miami horns, was that kind of the next big thing? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, uh, I, I got asked actually uh, by the other trumpet player, Mike Spangler, uh, to the, they, they, the, the, uh, the other trumpet player had broken some teeth and he couldn't do the Ooh. couldn't do the first gigs with him. And I, I filled in for him and uh, never left uh, the horn section. Uh, so that was my end with those guys in La Bamba and uh, uh, yeah. Stan Harrison was there and uh, La Bamba, Eddie Mannion, uh, you know, and Mike Spangler, you know, and those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I, so those are my first really great relationships. And and, you know, I saw La Bamba yesterday. We did a session together. So, oh, uh, man, you know, La Bamba. Uh, you know, so great. And people would know from Conan if they uh, if they, you know, I mean. You guys, well, and we'll, we'll get to that. But you guys were, I mean, it was the same lineup. I mean, you you lost Max after uh, all that Jay Leno bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, you guys, you stuck together for a long time. And when I went looking back, um, Stan Harrison was not on Conan, but looking back at uh, Southside Johnny and you guys playing together there, like I clicked on that and so, like very much kind of a, a huge cohort of people but just like scrolling through the list of people that have played in that band i'm like i know that name that name i know that that guy that guy oh my god i'm like so many people have played with Southside johnny and the asbury jukes it's just crazy. i know i know it, it, it was like it, it, uh, it's not fair to johnny to call it the farm league but he was definitely the mentor to a lot of us and and uh you know still to this day i think he's like 71 or 72 and and I still have the utmost of respect for him, and and I still feel like I'm learning from him. Uh, you know, one of the only shows I did last year, uh, I went to New York and and I showed up at one of their drive-in shows, you know, outdoors, and uh huh, yeah. and, and and played the show with him out in New Jersey. It was fantastic, you know. Just... Nice. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, 
Okay, so how did that end up? Where's where's the connection? Then you ended up touring with Springsteen. Yeah, well, that's you know that was part of the uh, the uh, New Jersey uh, uh, thing, you know. So we did Diana Ross, and it was essentially the horn section from the Asbury Jukes. So we go back to the Asbury Jukes, and uh, and then a bunch of us went to Little Stephen and the Disciples of Soul. Uh, okay, and yeah. and and we had a, he had a really good song in the '80s, one of the first videos on MTV, um, and that you know what was the song? Forever. Okay. If yeah. I give you my heart, would you yeah. love me forever? Would you pick yeah. up the pieces if I stumble and fall? Uh, and Stan Harrison was in that with us, uh, and and we ended up touring with them, and then you know. Uh, like like you probably know being a horn player yourself uh they there there's a saying amongst horn players last hired first fired uh <laughs> so uh so we we were let go of steven's band uh and somehow i weaseled my way back into the asbury jukes uh okay. but but steven knew that bruce wanted to take horns out and he he said well you got to take these guys and uh you know that's how we ended up hanging out with him, and we we had done a couple of shows too. We did a sit in, we sat in with Bruce at uh, at the <laughs> it was called Brendan Byrne Arena at the time. I think I don't know what it's called now, uh, and uh, you know like twenty five thousand seat venue during the Born mm. in the USA tour, and we come and sit in. <laughs> we played wow. uh, we played Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. We played some you know a bunch of other songs, oh, and. Uh, and, and and it was just awesome. Uh, and and Tenth Avenue Freeze Out ended up on the live anthology. The uh, oh yeah yeah right. 70, yeah. 76 eight to eighty six. I think that's what it was called. I'm not. I can't oh, remember man. now. I have to check out that recording. That's great. I mean, you even got to play the freaking Super Bowl with Springsteen in two thousand nine. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? I mean, bonkers. I thought I'd never do that. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, mom. One day I'm going to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, Playing you, the trumpet. <laughs> you know, the weird thing is, you know, I was living in Manhattan, you know, and and we go down to do the Super Bowl, and then Bruce puts us on like you know his charter plane to go home. You know, so the Super Bowl's over, and uh, I'm home. It's like it's like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and so uh, <laughs> the dog needed to pee. <laughs> So I go down the elevator and one of the neighbors gets on who also has a dog and says, I knew that wasn't you. Uh, my son, <laughs> my son, my son said he saw you playing with Bruce Springsteen on the Super Bowl. And I knew it wasn't you because you're here now. And I go, no, no, I was there. <laughs> you just got home too quickly. Yeah, I just, I'm just home already, you know, because I'm one of the I'm on one of those cool guy planes. Yeah, you know? no, it, it was it, right it, it was awesome. And we were right back at Conan the next day, you know. Oh, man. What a life! That's crazy. You know, those, <laughs> those are good years. You know, very good years. That that spring that Springsteen performance. I remember it had the epic uh, crotch shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Did, like the he, knee slide. Yeah, yeah. He camera. slid right, right. His his thing ran right into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize like how smooth that stage was. Like whoa, <laughs> or maybe it was intentional. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Uh, so, so then uh, backing up then to the early '90s, um, how did hey, how did all the Conan stuff come together? I mean, it's a lot. It's, you got La Bamba involved. So, how did that all and and 
both Vivinos have played with the, uh, Southside Johnny, right? Uh, so how did, not, how, not, how did not not as a member of the band? Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, definitely uh, done some gigs with them, and and Jerry mm-hmm. Jerry was on uh, uh, one of the records with us, I believe, uh, maybe two of them. I can't remember now, but uh, yeah. So you know, I I lived in Westwood, New Jersey for a while, and um, the guys who were fixing my car, their brother was a keyboard player, and he was good friends with Max Weinberg, and <laughs> and so and so. You know, they're saying, hey, you know, I meet his brother. He's a really cool guy. Joe Delia, his name was, is. Uh, and and Joe, uh, like, yeah, I'm putting together a band, you know. They're it's like doing like a jump blues kind of thing, you know. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's cool. Max was in the band. So nice. we were hurt where it was about, you know, a 15-minute drive from my house. And so we were rehearsing like three days a week to do a uh, uh, twice a month gig in Manhattan for like, you know, $40 or something, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and we did a record. Yeah. And, uh, Jerry Vivino was in the band. La Bamba wasn't in the band. Uh, eventually Jimmy's in the band. Uh, and so we did this record. And when, when Max ran into Conan on the street, the, he gave them this record and, and we got the audition for basically that band without Joe D'Elia. Uh, so huh. he basically kind of put that band together, but realized he wanted La Bamba, knew he needed uh, Jimmy and Jerry, uh, and, you know, uh, and Jimmy helped fill out the rest of the band. I mean, it was, it, and, and we went and did an audition like everybody else. Wow. So I, I was sure I had not had a good results with auditions. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to make a living. That I mean, I'm a music teacher, so I I, I have that one audition, which is the job interview, and then I just kind of do my thing. <laughs> it's not you know from gig to gig. <laughs> that's man, yeah, that's big time. I mean, Conan was you know relatively unknown at the time. I remember sure. people were like, "Who is this guy?" You know, he had been a writer for SNL and for The Simpsons and all this. We're like, I don't know this guy's face. You know, who is this? Yeah, but uh, I mean. <laughs> the rest is history. I mean, his his footprint is huge on the comedy world. But that that I mean, knowing that you were going in just for following the Tonight Show, it's a you know it's on NBC. I mean, that's a yeah TV game. No, it was I mean, it was it was awesome. You know, and I, I was touring with Robert Cray at the time, uh, and we had we had a few days off, and I was actually out here in California, and I had a few days off, and I flew right away to New York. We rehearsed one day. We did the audition the next day, and then I flew back out to meet the rest of the band uh, on tour. Uh, wow! You know, it was crazy. And while I'm out, I, I learned that we had got the gig. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what you guys played for the audition? What song or songs? Um, we did. We did like a a, a New Orleans kind of song. We did one mm-hmm. of the songs that I sang actually that was that was part of the oh. warm up, uh, and we did some like kind of you know instrumental stuff, uh, and you know, you popped out one of those high those long high notes, and Kona was like, "That's the guys." I don't know. He probably wasn't at the audition. Was he at the audition? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or was, Kona was there. Oh wow. Okay. I mean, he's a musician. I mean, Kona, probably more than Kona, some other Kona guys was would. There. Robert Smigel, the head writer, uh, when the show started, yeah. was there, and and Jeff Ross, the producer of the show, they were all there. You know yeah, that whole crew. I mean, yeah, you guys in the band, the 
yeah, Smigel, Ross. I mean, those. It was the same like main crew at Conan for like forever. It's, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. pretty nuts. How uh, just like through thick and thin, like the whole production was. Yeah, and and those New York years were really special. I thought, you know. I bet. I bet. Yeah, man. I uh, so I'm I'm hitting forty this year. Yay! So I'm no I, I'm no spring chicken, but uh, for me, yeah, like uh, yeah, college years. So I was in college '99 uh, to you know, graduating in 2003. Watching Conan like every damn night and see, <laughs> you know, no parents tell me to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> just seeing the camera pan in, just going right past you every night, just hitting that that last note, like going. Like you're just right there in view, hearing that high note, and then over to Max for the big fill and the stinger at the end. It's just like that was like boom, you know. It's it's Conan time. Like yeah. you were you were right there, man. Yeah, it's, it's so cool to be talking to you. <laughs> and and I you did so much crazy stuff before Conan, but like that's where I got to know you. No, well, you know, and and what it, you know for a, for a musician, you know, I mean, my God, you know, something that steady and you can live at home. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah. that's, and I believe that they might be giant, that they were the band that played the most on our show. I think they might have actually played on Conan more than any other band. I believe that's true. I've been kind of selling that as fact for a while. I don't know if there's, anyone I, think, I think it is a it fact. I think somebody did count it at one time. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I forget a lot of stuff yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so had you heard heard or heard of they might be giants before they started coming on conan not really no because they've uh, been around for i mean they officially formed in 82 but i mean their first albums you know late 80s so they had i guess when because conan started in 93 yeah right? yeah so i think so they I, might be giants had four albums under their belt but i think they, I, I think mean, i did hear about them in in the late 80s i, I you know i remember uh seeing some stuff about them then in new york you know uh but mm-hmm. but I, I really wasn't incredibly familiar with their music at that point yeah man this was something i didn't think to look up till right now i'm not sure what their first conan performance would have been what song yeah i don't played. i don't remember either but but actually my introduction to those guys was they were doing uh sexy yeah, S-E-X-X-Y, baby. S-E-X-X-Y. And, yeah. and uh, it was all Dan Levine's fault that I got brought into it. <laughs> uh, and, I'm, and I'm forever grateful. Just what a lovely guy. And, and there was this thing, like, you know, we would play with some guest bands every now and then, but never would we go to a rehearsal with them, like, outside of the studio, you know? But, oh. Yeah, you'd normally but, just do it, the yeah. dress rehearsal before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, sound check and all that. And run yeah. through and, and all that, but uh, but Dan Levine says, "Hey, you, you know, why don't you come to rehearsal?" Yeah, you know, I mean, it seemed like a really <laughs> good hang, you know. Uh, yeah, and so that was my introduction to those guys, and uh, I mean, wow, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, thankfully I got to do a bunch of other stuff with them, and then you know, I mean, fair not, I mean, now the years are seem to be passing by without anybody doing anything, but. In 2019, when I filled in for Kurt Ram, uh, uh, you know, going to Australia and Australia, I, mean, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I mean, wow. Uh, one of the- I had someone from Australia tweeted me specifically about that because I, I mentioned that I was talking to you, 
tonight, and a guy, Philip Lewis, who uh, is in Corunda. Uh, he, I'm not sure where he would have seen you. He might have. I'm sure he traveled to come see you a little bit. He's kind of up in the tropics. Uh, yeah, he said he was sensational with Team BG in Australia in 2019. And yeah. then I said, I bet I want to see him and Kurt Ram team up. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, I thought the same thing. You know, we're like we we need to do a trumpet duel someday with them. You know. And, uh, I know, yeah. Awesome. On Ant, we'll we'll be talking about the duel you do with the with Linnell's Chaos Pad. But I want to hear dueling trumpets. It's like you know the they got Kurt Ram and the I Like Fun tour. They got you on the Australia tour. It's like just bring them both, man. You know, but you know, you Kurt have... Kurt duels himself with the valve trombone. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I know. As a trombone, it's like mm, valve trombone. Okay, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, sense. for me, I was like, man, you screwed this gig up for me, man. You know, I, I can't do that. I, I, there's no way I could. You know, now my valve bump playing is a little bit better because you know I've been recording more with it. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's over here somewhere. <laughs> Wait, where is it? Oh, oh yeah, oh. there it is. There it is. Ah, yeah. I see it. There you go. The valve trombone. I also played the <laughs> other instrument that you see back there, the Dyson uh, stick vacuum. <laughs> see, I know. You got the purple one. We got the, we got the blue the blue one. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. You know, those, that's that's a big joke in the. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with shoegaze music, but that's always the joke that it's like guys that have like as many guitar pedals as I do. It's like. Well, you might as well just record the vacuum cleaner. You know? <laughs> when, you, when you got two fuzz pedals running at once, like, well, <laughs> mic that up. Uh, I did record a shop vac once, but it was more for an effect than t- <laughs> pretending to be a guitar. <laughs> I've recorded a lot of weird stuff. Um, yeah, I'm the, the kind of guy that just like plays a lot of instruments. Most of them kind of poorly, but you know, like it, I'm a I'm a beginning band teacher, so like I went, you know, could play a little bit of everything. Well, thank um, God for the Midwest that you still have like beginning band. We do not have orchestra in our district, but bands have stuck around, and I think honestly, it's sad to say, but I think marching band is like what has saved bands yeah, no, that's because true. sports yeah. are important. Sports, sports. You got to have that halftime show yep. so the jo- the jocks can go take a breather. <laughs> and, and, you know, and every little town needs to have a parade every now and then. That, too. That, too. You know, Parades that was my experience yep. growing up. Okay, guys, so we're going to walk uh, like seven miles. Put on this polyester. Yep. And, and, uh, and let's go. Uh, and make sure you try not to step in the horse poop. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and i i don't know why i always ended up being the guy on the on the outside so that when you're making turns it's like either you're if, if you're on the inside of the turn you gotta do tiny 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 steps or if you're on the outside you're like, <laughs> like just leaping forward trying to keep the line straight man only marching band geeks have any idea what we're talking about right now uh, uh so i was <laughs> I was watching uh, just just today after I got the uh, my daughter to sleep. I was like, let's uh, let's just look up Mark Pender Conan and see you know what we get that has your name in the YouTube video. And I was like, oh man, I forgot <laughs> the bit he used to do with all the songs where you would eventually vault over the railing <laughs> up into the crowd <laughs> and just start screaming until Conan told you to stop. I watched, uh, what was the one, uh, 2004, I think, where 
it was to try and convince the Olympic Committee of New York to be the Olympic City. Uh, there was a Valentine's one I watched. Um, what was the other one? It was about uh, the blackout versus smoking. Yeah, right. Oh, I do, oh, I'm I'm sure I've seen all of these, but I've I've forgotten. There was a blackout. Did you have a favorite one? Was, uh, is that your well, favorite? The <laughs> first one was uh, Elian Elian Gonzalez. Really? You did a song it's about like, a yeah, kidnapped yeah, yeah, kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, that's Conan. Stay, <laughs> that's Conan humor. Stay, alien, stay. Oh, won't you please, alien, stay? <laughs> <laughs> and you vaulted up into the crowd for that one. Yep, that's how it all started. Yep. I'm just curious. I'm a curious guy. Uh, are there any couples in our studio audience tonight who chose to spend Valentine's? Okay. Let me get this straight. These are couples. That's a nice couple right there. You guys chose to spend Valentine's Day here at the show. That's interesting, yeah. Well, here's a song just for you lovebirds, sung by our very own Mark Pender. Mark? You're the love of his life, and he wants the world to know. So we went that extra mile and brought you to a free TV show. He could have taken you to the movies, but money on trees I'm laying ten to one odds you're looking at dinner at Applebee's he's so sweet he doesn't want to spend a lousy cent and if he asks you to get married it's cause he wants you to spend the rent For the love of God, stop! And get your hands off of her! Mark Pender, everybody. Conan trying to cut you off. Just <laughs> walking back down the stairs. The walk of shame, hung. yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> so on on those songs, uh how much like what what was the writing process for the lyrics between did you have any say in the lyrics no, or did they write no, them for no. you? I mean I might improvise a little bit at the end. But uh, but it was it was the writers. Sure, sure. It was the writers. You know, they, they're like yeah. uh, you know that was that was above my pay grade. You know, you're not a writer, son. <laughs> just 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 sing the song, all right. And, and how did it end up? I mean, there's so many great musicians in the band, and I mean, Jimmy has. I mean, there's a lot of guys that could have been the singer. Yeah. How were you the one that got, got tapped to be the singer for the for those bits? I don't know. I think it's because every you know, I had a reputation of being a little bit uh out of my mind. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think they they knew that I could go somewhere uh borderlining inappropriate. <laughs> uh, and you had that shriek. And the shriek, that, you know. That scream, uh, uh, yeah. That's... You know, so I, I think that's that's how it happened because La Bamba's a great singer, Jerry's a great singer, Jimmy's a fantastic singer. I mean you had you had uh four guys in the band who sang really well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, those were hilarious. Like as soon as I queued up the first one, I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, oh my god. I mean, yeah, because that was like I mean, that was like mid-aughts, right? Yeah, I mean, 2004 was the Olympic one, so you guys did a lot of them. I think right around that time was a. Oh yeah, it may have started bit. in the in the late 90s. I I really don't. Oh know. okay, it Just might have. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so many good bits. I mean. God, Conan, yeah, just shaped my comedic sensibility so much. I mean, yeah, I grew up on The Simpsons for one, and you know, I was 
I guess too young to be watching SNL probably when he when, when he was a writer there, you know. But uh, Simpsons between the Simpsons and his his late night show is just unbelievable. So just hearing you play play in and out of the commercials, I mean, I never got to go to a live taping, unfortunately. And now he's done. I, uh, I guess well, kind of. I don't know. He's got some HBO deal or something, but he's done with like traditional talk show type stuff yeah. i mean it was a bummer when he went down to a half hour because then you guys yeah didn't uh, there's no time for the music so that was yeah so it was 93 93 to 2018 yeah. right you were playing with Cody? yeah 25 years that's bonkers that's and that's something yeah yeah so um i mean do you still do you still talk to conan or see him at, I, at I, all I anymore did, i, mean, I didn't not uh, working together when they did the last show we were all invited to come but i had a uh I had a rehearsal in Nashville, mm-hmm. so it was a tough commute. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make it to the last show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you know, I'm sure I'll see him around somewhere eventually. Yeah, yeah. I guess this is a podcast about they might be giants. Maybe <laughs> we can <laughs> we- weasel our way over to to that realm. Um, let's see again as far as. Holy cow, why didn't I not uh, secure this information? What was the first recording you did with They Might Be Giants? Was it Dr. Worm? Like the st- a first studio recording? That's a good question. Um, let me see if I can figure this out, thanks to the wiki. The f- you know, we also did some stuff for... They had done some music for uh, The Daily Show. Uh huh. And I played on a bunch of that, but that never made it to record. Yeah. And then but I were you? Are you on the the theme? Like when you guys did the yeah, you did the Bob Mold song. Yeah, you're you're playing the trumpet on the Daily Show theme. Yeah. Oh man! See again. And then just, and then you know the you're a- just all up in my ears. The ABCs, my, the one two threes, <laughs> uh, and then mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Doctor Worm. Maybe Doctor Worm was the first. I don't remember. I feel like I already knew those guys pretty well by then. Um. Yeah, but yeah, because cause I guess, well, so SEXXY saw Factory Showroom, which was 96, and you played with when they were on the show. Dr. Worm uh, was a single that ended up on their live album, Severe Tire Damage, uh, and that was 97. Whoa. Um, so, or, released in 98. Okay, I think it must have been recorded. Okay, so... Because you had played with them in studio, but it was 98. Does that sound about right for the first? That could be right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you are. Because I'm seeing. Yeah, so we had I Never Go to Work, which I should find this. uh, (laughs) uh, On Facebook, on Facebook, I (laughs) attempt some trumpet on I Never Go to Work with my first graders. We've done a They Might Be Giants program with my first graders uh, the past three years. That I've been at this uh, the, the school that I'm at currently the, the two schools, and we learn a, t- a ton of songs. Some kids songs. Some we always do Doctor Worm too, and I usually accompany that on accordion, um, and I do some guitar and some piano and stuff, and and some we just sing with the video. But um, never go to work. We played the video, but then I played a little bit of the trumpet licks and just totally fucked most of them up. It is so, it's totally just for more of a sight <laughs> gag than anything. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Because, again, I'm better with the low brass. Like, it's got to be a bigger mouthpiece. My wife's the one where they can get that high stuff. Um, yeah, I never go to work. D&W, letter, not a letter, rolling O. 
uh, the, here in Higleytown, A to Z. Yeah, and then we've got the um, the other thing, brass band stuff. Oh, that was so much fun! Is all and that's when I amazing. Wait, you know, it was like a, a few months where you know I did we did a string of shows at at different venues, and I think the biggest one was uh, the the big outdoor Brooklyn festival. You know, Brooklyn festival, and I mean, I think there were like fifteen thousand people out there or something like that. I mean, wow. it just and it was with that group, you know, the the other yeah. thing, you know. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, tell yeah, tell me more about that 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 group. How um how you came together and Well, I think it, yeah. you know, it was the, definitely the two Johns uh, idea, you know, they wanted to try to get some different uh, takes on on some of their material and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Linnell is incredibly uh talented and together when it terms i mean from what i remember i know not for everything that we did but a lot of times he'd come in with you know like sheet music you know he'd written stuff he had done arrangements before we'd show up and uh that's not that common uh for for you know uh uh, you know any kind of rock bands i mean right you know i don't even know i mean while he's typically playing keyboards i mean he's also saxophone clarinet you know he's a bass, wind guy bass, bass clarinet yeah. and all that you know and he mm-hmm. plays it really well you know and uh and and you know of course the accordion and all that i mean you know the guy's just you know crazily talented uh you mm-hmm. know uh and and i can't remember if he i think he might have done all the arrangements on that wow uh, maybe Dan Levine Man. did some of them. I bet Dan Levine did some of them too. I I don't remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we talked specifically about those. The the episode he was on was Electric Car, which is just chock full of. I mean, it's oh, like uh. woodwinds like crazy. Bre- I mean, the credits. You don't realize it because this nice little gentle song was just this full arrangement. I go and look at the list of people that played it. I'm like, holy cow! I'm like, damn. I mean, that's. And I could be wrong. That- it may not have been Linnell that came in with it. It might have been Dan Levine that came in with everything. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, it, uh, it slips my mind, but you know, just to, uh, and the hang on the, uh, you know, with all those horns, I mean, it was so great. Uh, uh, you know, of course, obviously like the big New York problem is that not everybody can make every gig. Mm-hmm. Right. So, th- so right. there were a few gigs where subs had to come in, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so the song we're specifically talking about is Ant, and uh, it is the Indestructible Object EP version that you play on. But let's go back to uh, the early incarnations of Ant, and it was a I mean, the classic The Mighty Giants dial a song recordings. Us dorky fans love them. The dial a song version of Ant. It was it was not revealed to the world until two thousand one. Um, but I mean, it predated the first official version, which was on the Istanbul EP in 1990. So it was sometime in the late eighties, probably that the dial song version came out. There's an ant crawling up your back in the nighttime. There's an ant crawling up your back in the night time But you think that's okay while you're sleeping That ant crawled in your head in the night time 
That ant crawled in your head in the night time. But you think that's okay. Had you heard that before? Had you gone back and listened? I mean, I imagine when you guys did your version of Ant that you'd at least heard the proper version, but had you heard the Dial-A-Song version before? I don't remember. It's it's yeah. awful. You know, because a yeah. lot of times <laughs> we were... Uh, and I actually think with Ant, we were making up parts as we went along. Yeah, there's a lot of improv in there. Uh, and and uh, I'm not even sure we listened to the original. I think they, you know, because they were replicating everything themselves. And, uh, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do this, you know. And a lot of times we were, you know, uh, you know, you, it wasn't like open-ended studio time. So Right. So they were trying to get it done, you know. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some of those, you know, I had to go do Conan later, and so I'd like, you know, okay, right. Okay, so I got to leave at two o'clock, guys, or I have to leave at one or whatever, you know. And we'd start at like ten in the morning, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, because uh, that, that version was two thousand four. So I mean, yeah, you were in the in the thick of it with Conan every every weekday. Or did you guys? Did you guys do? I can't remember if you guys were one of those shows that did a day where you recorded two episodes. No, we never. On one we, day. we never did. I mean, I mean, occasionally we would. You know, if there was a big getaway or they, you know, there uh-huh. there, there, there was something. But most of the time, it was it, it started out as five shows. Then we went to four shows with Monday off, uh, and then the mm. Tonight Show we went back to five shows, and then mm-hmm. at TBS it was always four shows Monday through Thursday, and then TBS right. showed a movie on Friday. People, yeah, pe- I don't pe- know. Pe- people watch the movie. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they were all great movies yeah, too. Yeah, but they, <laughs> but they took two hours longer because of all the commercials. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, exactly. So this dial a song version, then uh, did you check it out in that YouTube link I sent you? I did. I did. Uh, what What do you think of that? I, I mean, it sounds awesome. I think it sounds really good. Uh, I. So it's, and it's a bit slower. It's a bit slower and uh, doesn't have so much accompaniment. It's pretty much, I mean, it's the John's do firmly in that duo era, so guitar and, and some keyboard. Yeah. You know, and I think, because the way you guys did it, there's some key changes. There's no yes. key changes in this original one. No, it, no. And no. it modulates a few times, doesn't it, in our version? Yeah, it. it at least twice. Um, we'll have to check that out. I know someone tabbed it out on guitar too. I'd I'd have to. Yeah, I've been listening to it mostly in the car, not able like next to to, to play on a keyboard <laughs> while I'm listening to it. Uh, but the original one, no modulation, pretty pretty simple. Um, and then let's see. Hold on. Were there any tidbits here about uh, on the trivia? Uh, so yeah. Okay, and the dinosaur one, hold on. There's so many pages on the wiki that they have so many songs, and when songs like this have three versions that people have heard, it's it it, it makes my job as a podcaster very a very hefty job. The the running joke is that my daughter is going to have to pick up the reins after I die. <laughs> just to do an episode about everything might be giant song. <laughs> and then multiple versions uh, just make the episodes. There's a lot to dig into with this band, but that's why there's so many 
fervent, you know, it, it breeds obsessive fans like myself. Um, so when they finally released this one, uh, like I said, 2001 was when the dial song officially was released on this. Uh, they were doing this subscription thing, TMVG Unlimited. Uh, I think Flans here, well, on their website said, this is the original dial song version. It is a longtime favorite among the hardcore. It has that fragile demo quality. That is so hard to ever capture again. And that's, you know, people love the Dallas song stuff. But if you were trying to get someone into They Might Be Giants, you wouldn't play them this version of Ant. But us fans, we we love it. And it's and it's mentioned by um, Sarah Vowell of... Um, the writer? NPR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've read some of her books. Uh, and, she, and she used to hang out at a bunch of their shows. She was really good friends with them. Yeah, she's on, and she's on the the documentary that was made about the MIP Giants. I mean, this was twenty years ago at this point. Gigantic: A Tale of Two Johns. She pops up on that one and mentions Ant specifically. Um, she says something about, I think, I think it's she's talking about calling Dial a Song. Uh, she's like, it's the middle of the night. I decided to call Dial a Song, and there's just this little tune about an ant crawling up your back, and something about it was so weird, but just so comforting. I'm trying to, I'm paraphrasing for sure, but it's just like. Well, also, um, it's definitely it, he's he's doing it in like this bedroom voice, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, bedroom pop is like a genre that you know music critics and you know journalists like to throw around now. But I mean, come on. They might be giants. Clearly, they invented that genre. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, we got to pop this in the answering machine. Let's, let's, let's knock it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then the the first properly recorded version, like I said, was the Istanbul, not Constantinople EP, which I just secured a physical CD copy of on eBay, Woo! which is coming, coming to me very soon. There's an ant crawling up your back in the nighttime. There's an ant crawling up your back in the nighttime. But you think that's okay while you're sleeping. That ant crawls in your head in the nighttime. That ant crawls in your head in the nighttime. But you think that's okay while you're sleeping. Someday that and he will grow up to be president. Someday that and he will grow up to be president. So on this one, we've got a little more full arrangement. Uh, there's xylophone or is it glockenspiel or xylophone? You know what it sounds like is a keyboard patch for oh, that yeah. would be labeled as xylophone. Okay, because it's just so perfectly. It's like, yeah, <laughs> definitely not, not one of the Johns, because <laughs> it's really robotically fast. I think it. Um, Again, something Linnell probably stumbled over is probably labeled xylophone. I was like, this is kind of funny sounding. Let's use that. Um, and, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, Istanbul was a huge single for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well... I mean, I bought some EPs, I guess, in the 90s, but, like, they were on Electra at the time. I mean, there must have been a reason that the... You know, they're like, let's flesh out this EP. So they decided to make Ant a real song. And um, it's hard to say 
I became most familiar with the song actually from your version um, because those Electra EPs went out of print like very. I mean, I don't know how quickly they went out of print, but I was in the nineties, you know, there was no streaming services. It's like you had to actually buy it and you had to go to the store and you're in, you know, just the Chicago suburbs and you go there and be like, okay, what do they have? I don't remember even seeing what the assemble EP looked like until, I don't know, uh, five years ago, you know, something like that. I definitely did not have it. Um, but what do you think about this, uh, this version, the first, I guess, proper version? Uh, you know, I, I I think it's great. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be more partial to the one that I played on, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but but these guys are so creative that uh, I think it's cool that they actually took a song that they had recorded multiple times and and kept doing different things with it. You know, yeah, and you know, it's not for being lazy i mean you'll see some bands where it's like oh here's an acoustic cd with just all these old songs and right. acoustic. they're not doing it out no, of no, laziness. No, no. obviously they're writing plenty of songs right no it's and 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 you know from what i know you know they're continuing to write so you know uh they're still doing yeah they got a new album coming new, out new october 29th yeah yeah mm-hmm. not on that mm-hmm. one though <laughs> boo come on <laughs> Dan, Stan, and Dan, and Kurt, get Mark back in here. Yeah, Kurt. I know. So say they get the dueling trumpets. This I'm is, telling you, it'd be, that'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh my god, it would be amazing. You know, I guess before we get to your version, we start talking about all that, the recording process and the horn arrangements and all that stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on like Sarah Val talking about how how it's a, a comforting song? I guess you know for weirdos like her and myself included like a song like that can be comforting what do you th- what do you think about the lyrics of this song have you ever really thought about that much uh yeah i mean it's they have that that way of 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 taking a subject matter and and making it compelling uh and and that song was you know yeah and you're right you know it, it's it, you know it's like a bedroom bedroom talk about an ant crawling up your back you know <laughs> Uh, it's you know it's it, it's so unique you know it's it. the, the ant because so then crawling up your back it's like oh you got that little tickle but then the ant crawled in your head in the nighttime well yeah so, I don't know and then you your, know your, your nose right? and then and then somewhere along the line he becomes president you know right you know the it's ant like will grow oh. up to be president. <laughs> And the president, the ant president, calls your name in the nighttime, and that will spoil your dreams while you're sleeping. So I guess the the, the ants waking you up, you know, president's on the line. And then, I mean, <laughs> it's just that absurdness that we love where it's like, what does it mean? Does it mean anything? Right. Really well, that, that's what's great about all those lyrics. You, you can kind of go in your own direction with any of that and you know, like, is it a metaphor or is it is it just kind of like goofy, you know, uh, and or is it both? You know, I mean, or, you know, and, and that's really kind of the the uh, you know, what what makes a great song is when somebody can take it and make it their, you know, they visualize it their own way, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that kind of song where the very first time you're hearing it. It's it's like it's a whole journey in itself, and the whole song is only it's barely over two minutes, and 
you like you can picture that there's something realistic that's happening, right? An ant crawling up your back that is something that could happen. The ant crawled in your head. Hopefully, it wouldn't happen. You know, they talk right, about right. how people eat eat spiders while they're sleeping or whatever, or or, or, but, or up in your <laughs> ear. You know, I mean, you know, right. <laughs> Uh, but then all of a sudden takes that turn and the ant will grow up to be president, which on the EP version, it was on your version where uh, Hail to the Chief comes in. Right. So we'll get to that. That was not on the Istanbul EP version. Uh, but the, the, the ending, the man ransacked your house in the nighttime. But now what man are they talking about? Because they've kind of ditched the ant thing, it seems like, because they don't refer to him as the president. So I don't know what's the deal with the end of this song, the man ransacked your house in the nighttime. As the ants crawl up your back while you're sleeping. So this, clearly this person has an infestation. Now they're talking about multiple ants. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's another ant. The ants are back. <laughs> haven't gotten the, the raid out. Haven't called, you know. The exterminator, uh, the yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it just really takes a turn. It's like, first you got this ant. You know, I'm really proud of this 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 little ant that I knew. Now he's president. And now I'm getting robbed. I don't know. It's just like the song takes so many turns in two minutes in in wonderful uh, Giants fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great tune. Um, and the... Oh, yeah. Speaking of, you know... I don't know if you clicked around the wiki at all, but like the interpretations tab is one of the wildest rides that you can take on this wiki because people get on there and they, th- there's someone who's written like five paragraphs about Ant and I haven't even <laughs> read it all, but it's all, it's, it's about how, uh, so this person sounds like they were introduced to it on the indestructible object version and being the indestructible object came out when Bush was president now and we all, you know, know that the Johns are, uh, you know, a liberal crew and kind of makes it this thing about, I mean, it wasn't written. I mean, I guess it was written during Bush senior's era. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I don't know. Is there a connection there? See, now I'm like, Hmm, maybe there is something to that, but yeah. And this other person, presidential spying, it resonates for me now. It's a, more as a prophecy now that uh, the Bush administration is spying on us. It's it's funny to go back and read these things. Someone wrote something in 2006, and now someone just wrote another thing in 2020. So people are still going back and <laughs> be like, I've got a thought on the song Ant in the year 2020, and now it's 2021, and we're talking about it. Someone brings up being John Malkovich. <laughs> going inside someone's head. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the indestructible object EP, which uh, came out, uh, this came out before the spine. Uh, great album. Um, there's songs on indestructible object. I think that should have been on the spine. I mean, am I awake? I'm not sure how familiar you are with that song. The song that kicks off this EP. It's like this whole electronic dancey kind of song. For this little five-song EP to have, it's got a Beach Boys cover, it's got Caroline No, it's got Beach Boys, it's got this electronic dance number, and it's got Ant with full brass. It's like covering the gambit of genres and arrangements in five songs just perfectly encapsulates like what I love about They Might Be Giants. Never a dull moment. Uh, so let's hear about the recording of the Ant version. We've already talked about how there's some there's some improvisation. Um, you got the battle with the chaos pad. I mean, how, you know, and you talked about maybe some people were a little rushed, so you get in there, well, you knock it out. I, what was I, that day I like? Think that that if, if I remember right, you know, like I said, there was either like Dan Levine or, or John Linnell coming in with charts. But I think for mm-hmm. Ant, I don't think anybody came in with anything. I think that we were 
trying to come up with parts. It's like when I listened to it the other day, I said, I think I might have come up with that line. You know, uh, yeah. and then I think it was Linnell says, yeah, yeah, play Hell to the Chief. You know, it was all these, it was all very spontaneous, spontaneous. And then you hit that point where we do like the boogaloo line, you know, you know, and it's, and it's so, it's, it's kind of, it, it's, it's like you're trying to force retro on it, you know, like, okay, here, we're going to, we're going to force some retro in it. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty much 100 percent sure that we were making up the parts uh, and and working out the harmonies as we went along. Uh, That's amazing. And and those <laughs> and those were some of my favorite sessions because I know we did some of that stuff on some of their other records, too. Uh, you know, and, and they were always very generous in terms of solos and stuff, too. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at look at, you know, like, I mean, Kurt Ram. I mean, holy shit, Kurt. Uh, you know, he goes out with them as the only horn, a trumpet, which is weird as hell, and, <laughs> and makes it a thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I had been showing up and doing that in, in New York. I'd show up like when they'd play the Bowery Ballroom mm -hmm. and, and just come mm -hmm. up for like four or five songs, you know, and, and just do some solos, you know. And, so fun, and you know that was that was really really a lot of fun. And then when I left New York, uh, it became Kurt. You know, mm -hmm. there you go. There's prom, California. You know, I know New York's way cooler, man. Yeah, you miss, you miss New York, or are you glad to be a Californian? You know, I like both of them. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. and I've been out here 12 years now, so it's kind of like uh, I don't know. I mean, it's. It, it grows. You miss the snow, I, the dirty snow. No, I don't miss the snow. <laughs> but you know, I always, you know, until you know our lockdown year, I got plenty of chances to see some winter. And 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 we have a little apartment in New York and Manhattan still. Mm, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, my wife's there a great deal of the time. Uh, so I, I go for you know when things were normal, whatever that means. Mm. Uh, mm. I went quite a bit, and when we were rehearsing for the Australia thing, I was staying basically at my other home. Uh, so, mm. and right mm. now that seems to be working. But who knows? Maybe the mm. East Coast, maybe the Midwest, maybe Europe. Maybe we'll move to Europe, you know, or maybe we'll do a little mm. bit of everything. I, I don't know what I'm going to do, and and I kind of. I mean, Stan Harrison living in London. That's how he gets to play with the Radiohead. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's you know to me that's like I, I, you know. For some people that might be troubling, but I'm I'm pretty excited uh, excited about it. You know, like well, I don't really don't mm. know what the hell I want to do, uh, <laughs> and, and 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 you know it's kind of great. And musically too, you know, uh, you know the 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 time that I joined them was was very short lived. Thankfully for Kurt, uh, uh, you know, but I I was looking forward to doing more with them, uh, and hopefully you know I, like you said from. You, you're speaking the word for us that both maybe both uh, Kurt and I will will be uh, on the stage at some point. Uh, yeah, we'll start a petition. I'll get I'll get that. That's right. Media do it. Thing do rolling. it. Do it. We'll start up a hashtag. Yeah. Team Pender. There <laughs> 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 will be Ram Ram and Pender. Ram and that Pender. sounds. I mean, come on, talk about. I mean, that's just got such a good ring to doesn't it, it, right? Doesn't it? Ram and Pender, both such just like powerful last names together at last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, and we're, oh, and we're, good, back we're good friends, so... Uh, 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's that kind of thing. You know, like, we did the spring, yeah, you we, horn guys. We did the Springsteen thing together for a bunch of the shows. You know, the Seeger Sessions thing. We were. We did a bunch. Oh, of, you anchored. Yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, uh, uh, I needed somebody to take my place with Bruce, and and I found Kurt. Uh, I, so, how long have you guys known each other? I'm gonna say since uh, 2006. Okay. Mm-hmm. It might have been earlier than that because we were playing with Southside Johnny up in uh, New Hampshire, uh, and he was in a band that mm. that uh, played before us, and and I met him, and you know, oh my God, another guy who plays the trumpet, he's from Kansas City, uh, and and I got his phone number, and uh, you know, thankfully I did. I mean, you know, it was a, a great guy to know, and and just a magnificent player, and. You know, he everything that he does, he makes it his own. So uh, it's it's awesome to hear that. Yeah, he was really cool to see on the I Like Fun tour. That was 2018. Um, yeah, playing, you know, valve trombone, like he said. But, like, me and my wife just, yeah, both being brass players. Like, watching just, like, you know, cause like in the studio, you're like, all right, give me another take at it. But live, it's like, it's just right there. And, like, we would just look at each other and just laugh in, in disbelief at, like, the stuff he was pulling off. Oh, yeah. And... And, it, and mean, his, chops, his chops holding up through the whole thing, too. I mean, oh my God, I mean some of yeah. that stuff's a tough blow, man. Oh, God. And we know about, I mean, because he nailed that last one on Dr. Worm. You're the one on the recording. That you know, Like, our band, me and my wife, um, and we and we got three other guys in our band, Outdoor Valor. We've covered uh, Dr. Worm. And so I was asking all my trumpet player friends. I even had a friend I was in a band with horns for a long time. My friend Brandon, he's like, man, even in my best days, I couldn't hit that. And so I was asking around. It was like kids that are playing at Purdue. Like some, it's, are there some young hot shots playing, playing trumpet here? And couldn't find anybody. So what I ended up doing is I got my friend Brittany to hit on she did a uh, flute and piccolo and we just knocked out that last note like that she's like so she went way up that's awesome yeah it came out pretty cool it ended up being a cool little twist on it because uh, I had her do some other little lines on it too like replacing the backing vocal ahs with like some little flute things and uh, ended up being pretty cool no one can hit that I don't I'm, I'm convinced no one can hit that note except Mark Penner and Kurt Ram yeah but those are the only two people <laughs> And and that uh, and that part was improvised too. That's amazing. The end of that was improvised. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, yeah, you, you know, you need to do something, and then you know, we just blew it. You know. Yeah, you've got such a strong ending on one of the most popular "They Might Be Giant" songs, and you're featured at the end of it as Linnell is just. You know, for like 30 seconds <laughs> oh, another thing my me and my first graders have done when we've done dr worm i'll be playing accordion and uh for some of the songs for that and for particle man i let them use kazoos so picture like 30 <laughs> first graders with kazoos and when they're not singing they're going I gotta send you a link to this because it's it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, they're going for that final note that you play on the kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, the yeah, so the 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 duel on uh, the dueling at the end of this is with Linnell's chaos pad. Did you guys do that at the same time, or was it like Linnell had already laid down the chaos pad and you were no, trying to no, indicate no, 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 no. it? No, 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 we were doing trumpet. that all the same time. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I cast, he's just dragging his finger around, yeah. and you're like, what notes are these? You're like, you get pretty close on some of them. <laughs> That's amazing. 
you, you're in a perfect pitch, do you? Oh, God, no. Yeah, yeah but that I, relative I have, pitch. Yeah, I might know. have relative pitch. I don't know. I try not to think about it oh, too I'm much. I'm sure you do. Dude, man, you're you're a talented guy. I'm forgetting Thank one you. of the other things I saw on, on YouTube was like, you, I mean, you you can do circular breathing. I saw yeah, you doing this yeah. thing. Uh, going to where it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they had, the writers are like, man, we got to. We're a little short on time here. Yeah. Here's a funny bit. Yeah. We'll just make Pender play a note for like two minutes yeah. straight. Well, I did that every warm up. I I held the note. That every every, every night. Tone and warm so up. that was a gag for to warm up over the over four thousand four thousand songs. I'd sing I'd sing the thing I'd sing the song and then uh, I'd play a solo and I'd and it end usually uh, with about fifteen seconds before countdown. <laughs> you just keep that I mean. So how did you come to learn circular breathing? That's something that like yeah, uh, I, I, uh, oboists are known for. You know, this, I mean, for people that aren't wind players. So I don't know. Do you want to just describe it to people that yeah, don't you play a horn? You, you kind of breathe in and breathe out at the same time for a brief period of time, uh, for maybe a second or two, long enough for you to refill your lungs. So you breathe, you breathe in, you're breathing out at the same time. So you're pushing air out, basically. You're, you have to close your throat. Mm-hmm. To take the breath, mm-hmm. so you know you while you're letting that last air out, you have to breathe in, and it has to be really yeah. fast, and you got to get those lungs full. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I saw a saxophone player do it with, uh, with Mercer Ellington, the Duke Ellington Orchestra. After Duke had died, uh-huh. Mercer Ellington. I went to see him in the park in Kansas City, and uh, Paul Gonzalez. He, he was doing this circular breathing. It looked like he was drunk as hell up there, you know. And, uh, <laughs> it's kind of pulsing. Pulsing. And, and I was yeah, so yeah. blown away by the whole thing that the next day I decided I was going to learn how to do it. And Amazing. and I and I and I kind of like locked myself in my bedroom and until I got it. And and <laughs> I wasn't getting it. And then but then towards the end of the day, I like, oh, I do have it. Oh man, one day! Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, people should go look this up. Just I, I think if you just look up Mark Pender plays really long note or something, it's on there. It's like a four minute uh, little skit that they write around it. But it's it's uh, amazing. And just watching like your cheeks while you're doing it, I'm like, damn! It's like the didgeridoo videos I've shown to my students. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. The didgeridoo yeah. players will do that. Just like wah 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 wah. Uh, pr- pretty amazing. Um, so the this song. Uh, as far as live versions go, there aren't too many. Um, and the wiki is pretty good at keeping track of this stuff. And it's and again, it's split up between different versions. It's saying something like the 1990 version was played like 24 times. And then for this one, it says it was only played two times. And one of them we have a recording of September 28th, 2003 at Joe's Pub in New York. Yeah. Um, so this was, I mean, this this was this was you, right? Yeah, you, you were playing on this, yeah. 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 Do you remember anything in particular about this? I mean, there weren't too many. I mean, it was only twice that you guys did it. Um, I, I felt like we did it more times than that, though. 
the wiki is not infallible. That's that's, I mean, that's but, for sure. But probably the people that really follow it probably do know more than I do. You know, when people when people look at set list and everything every night, you know, they certainly re- will remember better than I will. Uh, it's it's the, the wiki. It's it's a well known fact that um, the Giants, and I think Flan specifically, will go to the wiki to look at set lists um, when they're making when they're learning songs rehearsing for a new tour so that when they're hitting cities again to make sure they're not just playing all the same songs, they will yeah. go to the wiki to, 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 they will use the fan wiki to remember their own. Well, yeah. I mean, that could very, I, I'm sure it's true, you know, two times, but I, I, I don't really remember Joe's pub. Uh, weirdly enough, uh, Mm-hmm. I remember playing more with him at uh, 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 Bowery Ballroom. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I got to get back to New York. I was significantly long- younger last time I was in New York, and I did not have this podcast going. I've done a couple live episodes and stuff, and they've all just been like near me, Bloomington, Lafayette, Chicago. Uh, it, but it seems like making the trek to New York at some point would make sense that people would come out to watch a podcast about They Might Be Giants. Who knows? Um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. You know. Uh, the uh, covers section for this song. I was surprised I was only able to find two covers because this is a pretty, uh, while it is, I, it's considered a deep cut. It's been on two different EPs yeah. that were, you know, 14 years apart. Um, but it's a well-known song. I mean, and I think especially probably even after that documentary came out and Sarah Vile mentioned it, some people were probably like, oh, I haven't heard that song. I went and found it, and then it came out a couple years after that, again, in your version. Uh, but only two covers I could find. Look on YouTube, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Um, so let's go ahead and check them out. So this first one, uh, this guy pops up a lot in the covers section. Um, the YouTube channel is L-E-L Plays Music, and this guy's name is Lawrence. Um, and let's take a little listen to that one. There's an ant crawling up your back in the night time. But you think that's okay while you're sleeping. That ant crawled in your head in the night time. think about his version he, he, of, he, uh, he, you know, he did a pretty darn good version i mean his singing's not bad they had the horn section uh you know it was kind of cool i mean it, I, I thought it was a pretty solid attempt you know i think there's some mandolin in there too to kind of replace that what was i'm 99 sure was that fake xylophone patch because the xylophone's in that so now he's got a little mandolin I'm pretty sure it's a mandolin, or else really up high in the neck of a of a steel string guitar. But it's got a cool feel to it. Uh, and then the other one we got, Thinking Aloud, is the YouTube channel. Um, 
if you have, I don't know if you can click on it right there. The video this guy made for it is pretty funny. There's a lot of, I don't know if you have a, if, if anyone has a seizure condition, if they would want to watch this, but he's just like jumping back and forth with all of these weird camera angles. Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and drop a clip for the people here. Okay. Of uh, th- Thinking Aloud's version. Was that the one you were talking about, actually? I think we may have gotten the two switched around there. Because that one's got the big, full arrangement. I'm not sure how much is... It's easier to fake horns these days with all of that. I don't know. It sounded like real horns. And MIDI sounds and stuff. It it does. I mean, this guy thinking aloud, it only shows the one guy in the video. And I know I've seen him before, too. There's these guys that are part... I think they both mentioned they're part of a theme music group. I don't know if it's a Facebook group. Where there's some theme, and then you have to come up with a, you do a cover song, but something related to this. Well, where's your version? And my version of Ants? Yeah. I know. But yeah, I, I like both of these versions. The Lawrence Plays Music one, a little more stripped down. It's got that cool mandolin. This one's got, yeah, really convincing. I mean, it's, it's, it could be real horns. It, like they I showed thought it was real horns. He's he's walking very proudly and they're superimposed. It's got the flowing American flag over him too. So nice <laughs> job on the video as well for th- thinking aloud. And now the final um, one of the last portions of this uh, show is the hardest, where you have to score this song. Now you are on a version of it, so you can be thinking about I guess w- whichever version you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to score these ones that pop up multiple times, but as far as I mean, to me, the definitive version is your version. And I feel like a lot of people, that's where they would have heard it because it was a more available EP. It's still in print. It's on streaming. Like, this version, your version's on Spotify. The 1990 version isn't. Oh. Like, something something about Electra with those EPs, none of those songs, huh. those EP B-sides are on streaming anywhere. They're really hard to find. Um, you know, people upload them to YouTube and stuff, but... I I I would gather that more fans have heard your version uh, or they feel your version is the definitive version. So if you want to score that version and you're just scoring it against other, they might be giant songs on a scale okay. of 1 to 10. 1 to 10. You, so, and you can use decimals. You can use decimals if you need to split mm-hmm. split hairs. So I'm going to give it a 9.5. Mm. What They Might Be Giant songs would top it. What what are your favorite thing might be giant size, whether you've played on them or not? Well, you know, that's really tough. You know, when we were in Australia they did uh they did New York, you know? Mm-hmm. Which they didn't write, but I I have to say it at the time in my life it was bringing tears to my eyes. It's a great song. It's uh, a great song. And they're and they're singing it in, in Flans and you know, I mean, uh hanging out with those guys, I was just filled with emotion. You know, mm, uh, mm-hmm. 
And of course, Dr. Yeah. Worm, I'm always going to, you know, I mean, it was a great moment for me and, uh, you know, uh, you know, let me be like part of their world, you know. Uh, and that that song is that's a ten. I mean, I did that episode. I did that episode three with my wife when the first episode was, you know, when uh, the show was newly started. So that that was episode three. I'm like, God, talked about talk about Doctor Worm. I had no idea that this, you know, I'd end up getting such amazing people on the show. And now this is going to be maybe episode like 150 something, wow. 150. So I talked about Doctor Worm a long time ago. I've covered it. Um, so yeah, that I mean, it's a ten. For sure. I scored it on that episode as a 10. And I don't throw out the 10s all willy-nilly. But So you're giving Ant a 9.5. Oh, yeah. I Definitely the Indestructible Object version is my favorite. And I think uh, based on that one, I think that's how I'm going to score it as well. Now, I can't go quite that high. I've got a spreadsheet with all my scores. I'm looking well, back here. Well, you have here. to think about all the stuff they did, too. So uh, All of them, yeah. yeah. Eventually, me or my daughter will eventually score all of them. Uh, <laughs> I think on this one, Ant is, I think, a solid... I'm going to go 7.2 you know, on Ant. Yeah, you know, you're probably right, realistically, but since you had me on and the pressure was on, I had to say 9.5. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a great song. Being a part of that session had, I mean, that's just going to amp up the song for you for sure. I mean, Bird, I mean Dueling Bird, Bird, with Bird Linnell. House is one of those songs. I mean, you just can't get it out of your yeah. head ever. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I still sometimes I'll be out for a walk and, you know, I, it'll, it, it's coming to me, you know. Plus, there's also, you know, it feels like you should be marching to it a little bit, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, just brilliantly written. Uh, oh, and, yeah. and another song with a lot of key changes. And, and Istanbul, too. I mean, you know, when I, you know, wow. Yeah. They, they're good at claiming songs as their own, because I think most people think they wrote Istanbul, yeah, too. Yeah. Even though it was from, like, 40 years before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It's uh, amazing. And it's, it's so awesome that... Uh, you've gotten to play with them but you've played with i mean so many huge names i mean they might be giants are my favorite band but like springsteen diana ross i mean these uh, darling love i mean you've played with people that are just like the upper echelon you know rock hall i mean hopefully they might be giants make it into the rock and roll hall of fame someday. They, they really should um, i mean i, I think they, they I, I don't see on. why they wouldn't really uh but you know those guys are so weird over there uh you know yeah uh but no i, I don't see how they couldn't i mean they they've uh you know, they have they have a real place. And, and you know, I mean, I heard people describe their music as art rock. Uh, so it's like they kind of created their own genre, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. so the first time I heard somebody call music art rock, the only name of a band they could come up with was They Might Be Giants. So so, mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like they they they, you know, like I said, they created their own genre. Uh, mm -hmm. so, I mean, that's pretty damn cool. You know, who does that? Yeah. They're, and they're one of the bands where I've heard, you know, there's a lot of music that you could call artsy, but it's like, it's, it's, it's art pop, you know, right. where it's like, exactly. they've still got those hooks. There's a weirdness, but yes. there's hooks. I mean, it's a song about an ant that becomes president and it's got hail to the chief in it and it's, it's weird, but it's memorable. It's, it's all, it's everything you want, you know? It's the thinking man's pop. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so before we call it a night, though, I want to hear, uh, let's get some plugs. What should 
the people listen to that um, they might not have heard you play on? Or mm-hmm. what do you got cooking right now? You were telling me before we started officially that well, you're I've been, at like seven now, sessions a day. Now, now, <laughs> now I'm now I'm part of the the uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd band, and he's like a blues rock kind of guitar god. Uh, yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I I dig the people that we're playing with. Uh, you know, uh, Chris Layton, one of the founders of Double Trouble with Stevie Ray Vaughan's playing drums with us. And and Ken, oh, Kenny's just a masterful guitar player. It, it's 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 a uh, that my partner Joe Sublet is is just a fantastic sax player, very stylized, uh, somebody who who knows exactly uh, almost more importantly what not to play as much as mm-hmm. as what to play. And and you know it's a good time in my life to be doing it. So so I so I am enjoying it. We also been doing together with Joe uh, and La Bamba's been on a, a bunch of them with us to these guitar legend shows. So the last one we did was mm. in May uh, at the Grand Old Opry, and I'd never played there before. And it was a tribute. Oh, amazing! It was a tribute to Billy Gibbons. Uh, and so all these people came up: Brad Paisley, uh, Travis Tritt, uh, Jimmy. Uh, um, um, uh, Jimmy Bond, uh, you know, we had, mm-hmm. uh, there were, it, it, you know, it's all these, all these, uh, people came up to honor him and we played with all the artists, you know, and we were writing all the horn arrangements wow. and everything. Uh, and I think that's starting to air now in some markets. I think it's going to be on Fox and on access before they used okay. to, they used to put them on ABC. So those things are always a lot of fun to do because we get to play with, you know, like real genuine, uh, guitar heroes you know and and mm-hmm. uh you know and you know i've been doing some i mean it's been slow i mean i gotta say the pandemic has not been kind to musicians uh no definitely not and uh you know i feel like i'm do you have anything you've been fronting uh lately i know the mark pender band is it, yeah it's it active mean, at all no not really not right now i mean uh, it, I, it'll it'll come back but uh mm-hmm. i'm a little bit weird honestly about playing in a small club right now uh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not really trying to make that happen yet. I, I'd like to see things stabilized a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. Colorado this weekend, and you know we're playing a big outdoor show. You know, I mean those. Yeah, yeah I've. Yeah, that's all I've played so far since we've been back. Is outdoor gigs. You know, so that's yeah. uh. You know, but it, it, I'll be doing more of that, and then you know during lockdown, I uh you know took some classes, you know, uh, uh, pro tools and, nice. uh, I, I started working cool. with musicians Institute. Uh, they want to start a horn program They're, We're trying to develop a horn program. Mm. And so I've been working with them to create a curriculum for, uh, a musicians Institute, which started out as a guitar Institute, uh, of technology, they called it. Uh, and, and so that's been a lot of fun to do too. Uh, you know, uh, and so, you know, and then that's made me want to like, oh, OK, well, why don't you try to record stuff uh, like you do everything? Right. You know? Yeah. And, and so some of it sounds... McCartney did it. So can you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I know McCartney. <laughs> did you see that Rick Rubin thing with McCartney? Oh, not yet. Oh, yeah, my God. Some people keep oh reminding me of oh that. Oh, my God. How you got to watch that. They solo okay. his bass. And I never thought about his bass playing, really. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. it's insane. Plus, it's so melodic. Plus, he's yeah. singing at the same time. I mean, right? You know, I mean, uh, it's it's just insane. But it, I, I really enjoyed that. 
Uh, yeah, I got to check that out. You know, you know, but it, yeah. but it, but if I, you know, if I was going to finish up what I would like to say about those guys, when I went to, with them to Australia, the Conan show just ended for me uh, a few months before that. And mm-hmm. they couldn't have been kinder. The, they're, they're just genuine, nice people. And you don't always mm-hmm. see that in this business. Uh, right. they're people that I could hang out with, uh, they're, they're, you know, intellectual, but not in a way that makes you feel like you 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 can't contribute. They're they're interesting to be around. They're kind. Uh, they treated me with a lot of respect. Uh, and and you know, not everybody does that. And and they treat their people really well. I I think there's something mm-hmm. to be said for that. They, they're guys who have actual ethics. Uh, yeah. And and I have yeah. I you know I was really blown away by getting to travel with them. I I you know. Because you're hanging out with people a lot more than you might normally, right, uh, right. and and you know it was it made me like them that much more, you know. That's amazing. And all the guys in the band, you know. Uh, yeah, I've talked to Danny a bunch. I've talked to Marty. Um, yeah, I just did an episode with Danny about the the kid song "Elephants" that he wrote. He is just the best guy. Marty is super nice. I've you know I haven't had. Dan Miller or the Johns on yet, but I've, after talking Dan, to so Dan's, many people Dan's in their an orbit, amazing guy, you know, I, I, oh, an yeah. incredible player, uh, you know, can play mm. jazz, can play this, can play that, you know, uh, you know, and, and yeah, and, I mean, there's a reason they tapped him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I no. Mean. And then those guys, you know, we'd be out and they'd, they'd call me up and like, Hey, why don't you come hang out with us? You know, we'd like go wandering around. I had never been to Australia before, man. It was, just, oh. it was just the best. Yeah. I, I gotta say it was, it was very cool. Sounds incredible. Yeah, everything I'm hearing from everyone in their orbit is just that they are amazing guys. And maybe eventually they will come on the podcast, but, you know, if they don't, whatever. I'm having fun talking about them and talking to people like yourself who, uh, yeah, and not just that they might be giants, but have uh, your your horn playing has been in my ears a lot. Well, thank so, you. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Do you want people to follow you on social media? Yeah, or anything please, like that? Yeah, please do. Yeah, okay. I do. You know, it's at, at Love Man Pender, uh, the Instagram. L U V M A N. You know, L U V. Yeah. All right. Very cool. All right. I'll have to. I don't think I have. I'm hooked up with you on yeah. there. Are you on Twitter as well? I, I am, but I don't pay attention to it. So maybe, uh, you know, if you, if so you mention it, place. if you mention it, maybe I'll start paying attention to it again. But uh, oh, so what is your handle the same on there? Might be. I know. I don't think it is. Okay. It might be Love Man with an O. I don't know. God, you know. <laughs> Love Man. And you know, fa- Facebook is fun, but you know, you like you max out at four thousand friends, you know, and you're like, okay, it's over. Uh, yeah, and it's not good for promoting stuff either. No, not really. You know, I, I promoted gigs doing it, and it be- and it honestly has become like the most effective thing to get people to come out. Uh, all mm. all yeah. social media. You know, back when you were like looking for records in the '90s, you didn't have any of that. You know, like if you want, yeah. I remember I, we'd, we'd yeah. make. I'd like go out and buy postcards and send them to people, hand write stuff on them about yeah. the gig, and like, hey, here you, or or you know, do like a, yeah. put stickers on them and and send them out. You know, back when a mailing list was actual mail, an actual mail <laughs> mailing list. It irritated everybody yeah. around me so much, but it's kind of what you had to do. You know, yeah. Oh man, 
kids these days. They don't <laughs> these know kids, they don't know how to get their <laughs> Yeah, let's not get into that. All right, anyway, Mark, uh, thanks for giving me so much of your uh, Thursday night. I really appreciate it, and it was great talking to you. Yeah, well, please stay in touch. You're 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 really cool. I I, I wasn't sure how this was going to go, and, and I really enjoyed it. So. <laughs> Great, great. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just take that compliment and leave it at at that. (laughs) Thanks, man. 